الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ولي الصالحين وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فالحمد لله بكنتينيو This is the second lesson of the lessons with regards the obstacles for the students of knowledge the obstacles that the student of knowledge may come across in his path to learning and these obstacles are many Sheikh Rabi Havudullah he numbered nine or ten here obstacles and these obstacles no doubt is not limited to these there may be other obstacles but these obstacles that are mentioned no doubt are, pro are probably from the the most common ones and the person is careful no doubt because if he comes across these obstacles and they withhold him from continuing studying continuing learning continuing practicing that which Allah subhanahu wa called him to then he falls in the other path the path of Jannah we know is the path of treading knowledge and the other path leading to the hellfire that is the path of the ones who turn away from knowledge arrogantly they turn away as well from practicing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed them with and likewise they turn away from calling to that which is the best of is deens the deen of is al islam the best of ways al islam and the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we mention from Sheikh Rabi Habibullah the first four obstacles Sheikh Rabi always in his lectures always you hear him talk about ikhlas so the first one is manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not having manners with Allah is an obstacle Allah person doesn't have manners with Allah doesn't have ikhlas he comes to this deen without humility he comes to the lessons without muraqabah without Allah recognize Allah is watching him why is he here is he here to show off is he here to for the people for the numbers for other reasons which are really very little for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give you in your path to talab al-ilm in your path to Jannah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only will give you Jannah but good in this life for the ulama they're the happiest of people the people of Tawheed they're the happiest of people because they're the people of uh, the people of sincerity Sa'id al-ladina tajannabu subul al-rada wa tayammamu li manazil ridwani Shaykh al-Sa'id said they are happy who turn away from the, the lowly paths and they sought the paths that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so there is nothing better than this there is nothing better than talab al-ilm by Allah there isn't anything sweeter than that once the talab al-ilm tastes it then alhamdulillah he only wants an increase and that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the messenger to seek increase of and that is Rabbi zidni ilma oh Lord increase me in knowledge that beneficial knowledge which the messenger would supplicate for Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi' wa amalan mutaqabbalan because not enough to be ilman nafi' beneficial knowledge but also he would say actions that are accepted Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi' wa amalan mutaqabbalan وَرِزْقًا طَيِّبًا وَدُعَاءً مُسْتَجَابًا And a provision that is good, which will help me as well in my talab al-ilm, and a dua that is, that is accepted. And likewise, the Prophet would supplicate, اللَّهُمَ إِنِّي عُودُ بِكَ مِنْ عِلْمٍ لَا يَنْفَعَ Oh Allah, I seek refuge from knowledge that doesn't benefit. 
اللهم إني أعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع and from a heart that is never that is not fearful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because true knowledge is fear of Allah true knowledge is not just data many people can speak many people can memorize but true knowledge is fear of Allah what did you do with that knowledge so that first is manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala know that if you don't have that you fail in the first instance because you don't have the class not having sincerity sincerity is so important for any action to be accepted must be sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allahumma inyaradu bika min ilmin la yanfa' he would say wa min qalbin la yakhsha' wa min nafsin la tashba' wa min dua'in la yustajab and from a, a soul that is never satisfied always greedy always want more not saying alhamdulillah not thanking Allah for the good he has given us such that Allah gives you more wala in shakartum la azidannakum so manners with Allah, this is something so broad and something so comprehensive and it really comes down to the heart. First and foremost, istifti qalbak. How is your heart? In your path of studying, in your path of learning. How is your heart? What is the state? Do you want to learn as Imam? Imam Malik rahimullah said, I did not learn knowledge to teach it. That was not my intention. I learned knowledge to practice it. That's why he learned knowledge, he said. Not to teach it. And subhanAllah, Allah blessed him to be from the ulama of Medina. And he did not teach it until he, until 70 of the scholars of Medina had testified to his knowledge. Imam Malik, rahimahullah, that is from the traits of some of the scholars of the Sunnah. So that is the first of the obstacles. If the person doesn't have it, he's not going to succeed. He's not going to succeed. The second obstacle is not having the right environment if you're not around good people who will encourage you to do talab al-ilm who will encourage you to fear Allah who will encourage you to get to the masjid and pray your salawat al-khams who will encourage you to practice the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu then that is an obstacle in itself if you have people just praising you in the evil praising you to be to do in the bad things then that will be a, a serious obstacle so the environment must be right if you find the environment is not the right environment, you go to another environment which is better. An environment where you can practice your faith and learn your deen. And it's not important that it has to be only the alim. If it's a talib al-ilm that is taken from the ulama, then alhamdulillah. Sheikh, Sheikh Rabbi mentions that later. He says something, and we mentioned that's the fourth obstacle which we come to. Second one is the environment. The third one, people being preoccupied with media outlets with the newspaper, magazines, internet, and how true that is. People can't get enough. It's either, it, it, there's Twitter, and there's Facebook, and then Instagram, and Snapchat, and uh, WhatsApp, and what's this other one? So many. People can't get enough, and people too busy in the, with these media outlets, with these social, social outlets, so-called social outlets. So it's not just media. Sheikh Rabbi mentioned newspapers and magazines, and uh, but in that, and, and also television, but in our time, more so now, internet. Look how it's preoccupied the people. Look how it's preoccupied the people who don't use it in the right way. Who don't use it for the... So being preoccupied in other than Talab. Talab requires tadarruj, requires learning in steps, learning in stages. Learning the Arabic language, for example, is not going to be easy. It's not something that you do overnight. It has to be done. As Sheikh Ibn Uthaymi, rahimahullah, in his introduction of Al-Ajrumiyyah, he says, it's like an iron door. Once you break it, 
the rest becomes easy. But the initial stage, you're like drowning. You're like feeling difficult to hold on. What does it mean? How much to learn? How... But you learn it in stages. Once you learn the structure, and then you can implement, practice, practice some of the sentences and so on, and then you build slowly, slowly. And then, wallah, you start appreciating the Qur'an. And the Qur'an becomes more beautiful for you to, to, to listen to, more beautiful for you to recite, more beautiful for you to, to practice as well, because now you know the purpose and you know you're pondering and you are learning yani, the, 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 the great meanings behind the verses and you're reading a hadith and you see how eloquent the Messenger وسلم, is and how he called us to that which is the best way. There's no other way better than this. Al-Islam, the Sunnah. The Islam is the Sunnah and the Sunnah is Islam. No doubt about it. It is one path, one tariqah, and you appreciate that. And then now you become hungry. You become hungry to learn more. You become hungry to learn who are the ulama, where are the ulama. The more knowledge you know, you become to know who the men are. Not know the men, then know the ilm. Because some people know the wrong men, and they get the wrong ilm. So learn knowledge, you will know who the men are. Learn knowledge of the book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu The Quran and its tafsir, the hadith and its explanation from Ahl al-Ilm and you will know who the men are of today. And there's no doubt about it, you see the relationship between all of them. You see the same manhaj between all of them. The same call between all of them is قَالَ Allah, قَالَ Rasulullah, قَالَ Sahaba. لَيْسَ بِالتَّمْوِيهِ without doubt. It is foolishness to compare the statement of any person with the statement of Rasulullah They all become one. The statement of Allah, the same the Messenger all of it is revelation. And then whatever the un- companions united upon, it is haq, it is sunnah. And Shaykh Nuhtaymiyyah said, it's impossible that the Sahaba unite and they oppose the sunnah. It's impossible. It will never happen that the Sahaba unite upon a matter and they oppose the sunnah of the Messenger That's why Shaykh Ubaid used to always say, An-Nassu wal-Ijma'ah. An-Nassu wal-Ijma'ah. An-Nassu wal-Ijma'ah. Quran and Sunnah, with the consensus of the, of the Sahaba anham, and those that followed them upon righteousness. Consensus. What they were upon was haqq, was sunnah. And Shaykh Nuhtaymin mentioned that in Al-Usul min ilm al-Usul. In his excellent book. <coughs> so, there are the three. Then the fourth one he said, Al-Kibr. Arrogance. Arrogance, he mentioned, it's also an obstacle. And we mentioned the first part of what Shaykh Rabbi Habudullah mentioned in his explanation. Not going in a land full of pride. He did not penetrate all of the earth. And you get someone that's, like he mentioned, you get someone who's short, even he's short and he's arrogant. You, you did not, if you're tall and you're arrogant, you still didn't reach the mountain. But you're short and you're still, and you're still arrogant. He's short and he's arrogant, flying, hovering above the people. Shaykh Nathaymir, rahmahullah, mentioned the verse. Lower your wings to the believers. He described how the arrogant person is like a bird flying, above, hovering above the people. Don't be arrogant. Come down to earth. Come down. <coughs> Prophet would lie on the mat. The marks of the mat would be on his back. He was humble. When Umar said, Look what the kings have, what the people of authority have, and we'll look at you, Rasulullah. He said, Alam Are you not happy that this, this luxury is for them in the dunya and for us in the akhirah? 
He was humble and he was grateful and he was a worshiper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So being, hum, being humble, not arrogant. Go in the land without pride, without haughtiness. And it's a disease. Shaykh Rabbi says it's a disease that the person becomes arrogant. And now Shaykh Rabbi is now going to explain some examples of arrogance. Such that the person is happy to fall into disbelief and innovation and major sins as opposed to following the Anbiya. That's a form of arrogance. You turn away from the calls of the prophets, be upon Tawheed, sincerity and so on, and you, you're happy, or the person in these misguided groups is happy, if he's disbeliever, he's happy to fall into disbelief and to worship other than Allah, the one who created him and her. And those who are from the also uh, uh, misguided uh, 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 groups, they follow some of them are falling into disbelief. The fact that they've taken others as partners besides Allah, the fact that they have taken their, their scholars as deities besides Allah, the fact that whatever their scholars tell them to do, they do, even if it opposes the haqq. And so they follow their desires. And who is more astray than one who follows his own desires without knowledge or a book? That is clear. So cover and bid'ah and major sins. The kabair from the from the major sins. The kabair. It makes a person huh, busy himself, occupied himself, obstacle away from following the haqq. So be warned of innovation. Prophet warned against innovation before he appeared. He warned against desires and he warned against disbelief and that which leads to that. And notice he mentioned here in stages Al-Kufr Wal-Bid'a Wal-Kabira Kufr being the severe Severest of the three And Bid'a It can be also Kufr If it's Bid'a in belief Such that the person believes That he can take uh, Seek help from the dead in the graves For example Or seek help from other than Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And relying upon other than Allah And so on and so forth Or a major sin Even major sins The person is arrogant if he turns away uh, from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen, what Allah forbade him from, he falls into. What Allah commanded him with, he becomes arrogant in not accepting it. So even the major sins, the person falls into major sins, he has some arrogance in him. So the person must humble themselves and see his sins like a mountain ready to fall on him. As the Messenger sallallahu mentioned, that the believer sees his sins like a mountain ready to fall and on his head. And a hypocrite sees his sin like a fly. He just brushes it off. It's nothing. And it's not, not that important. And if the person does not make tawbah from the kabair, from the major sins, then he's under the will of Allah. If, that, if Allah wills, he punishes him. And if he wills, he forgives him. So be warned that you, on major, you fall into major sins. Like fornication, like drinking alcohol. Like taking any intoxicant is a major sins, like adultery, like, uh, like drugs, taking drugs, smoking. All of these are harmful to you. So keep away from that which harms your body and keep away from that which wastes your money and wealth. Because they are the ones who are brothers of the devils, waste their wealth with these type of things. So fall into major sins, person is careful. He lives his life, so that his life is not upon 
not upon any of these because he doesn't want to be arrogant. And arrogance is a disease of the heart which emanates in one's limbs. تَحُولُ بَيْنَ الشَّخْصِ وَبَيْنَ أَنْ يَتَمَتَّعْ بِمَا جَاءَ بِهِ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ مِنَ الْحَقِّ وَالنُّورِ وَالْهُدَى Yes, the Anbiya, they came with truth and guidance and light. وَمَا يُزَكِّ النُّفُوسِ And they came with that which will purify the soul. هَذِهِ السِّفَةِ الذَّمِيمَةِ then. This sifa, this attribute, characteristic of arrogance is evil then. فَكَمْ مِنَ النَّاسِ قَدْ يُحَرِّمُهُ الْكِبْرِ وَيَحْرُمُهُ الْكِبْرِ مِنْ طَلَبِ الْعِمْ How many people, because of arrogance, keeps him away from studying, from studying his deen. He says, كَيْفَ أَطْلَبُ knowledge? From so on, so on, so on. So he is not a scholar. So he becomes arrogant. Even though what the person is upon is what the scholars are upon. And so he becomes arrogant. And how many people have like that? And he says, Oh, Fulan Jahil is Jahil anyway. SubhanAllah. Now he starts as if he has authority, as if he has knowledge. If he's right in saying it, then he's right. But if he's not right in saying it, then he must be careful. Al ulama juhal. Then now he's saying, Ulama juhal. He himself thinks he's a alim, he's a scholar, but in reality he's ignorant. Because the one who sees himself as a scholar, person of knowledge, in reality he's, he's ignorant. As Ibn Mas'ud said, Whoever sees himself as a scholar, then he is ignorant. Like we heard with some of the some individuals, some students who went around saying, نعم أحسب نفسه عالم. I see myself as a alim. And then he went around speaking against all of the, or many of the ulama. He sees himself as a alim, and he went around speaking against the scholars in his, in his, in his country, in Yemen. He spoke about his own scholars. This one he was calling a sheep. This one he was saying, I'll make you vomit blood. This one he was saying, vile speech, subhanAllah. And the other, this alim, he was saying, oh, he's, he's got no insight. He's blind in his eyes and he's, and his, uh, uh, and his heart, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested that alim to be blind, and he tested him for 75 years of his life, why are you insulting his blindness? Why are you insulting his eyes not able to see? So this type of characteristic of evil speech, and speaking ill of ulama in this manner, subhanAllah, that person, you will never succeed. And he hasn't succeeded, and he will not continue to succeed, because these are evil traits. Ulama will never like this. We met Sheikh bin Baz, rahimullah, who's not like violent speech. We met Sheikh Ibn Uthaymi, it was not violent speech. We saw Sheikh, Sheikh Sa'if Uzan in his masjid and how beautiful and gentle he is with the people and how he speaks. Sheikh Muhammad al-Banna, rahimahullah, likewise gentle and beautiful, beautiful manners and how he speaks. We never heard ulama speak with such vile speech against who? The best of the people. You're speaking against people of ilm, people of sunnah, people have striven and defend, to defend this deen, people of tawheed, people, and you vile speech like that? The Sahaba they said, لم يكن رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم فاحشا ولا متفحشا ولكن كان يقول خيركم عند الله إحسانكم أخلاقا. The companion said, the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم was not violent speech, no lewd, but rather he used to say, the best of you in the sight of Allah are those best in manners. So have good manners, not with just Allah, have good manners with the people. Because of the hadith of Abu Dhar we mentioned earlier, which is in Sunan al-Tirmidhi, this is authentic. Fear Allah wherever you are. And follow up a bad deed that you want to blot it out. And be with the people with good manners. These three are mentioned in this hadith. It includes having good manners with Allah, with yourself. Respect yourself. 
Respect yourself, not with this vile speech. And thirdly, good manners with the people. This hadith incorporates all three manners, as Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned. And a beautiful statement from Ibn al-Qayyim regarding this. When you're speaking about this particular hadith or similar to it, he said, Husnul khuluq qisman. Good manners is two types. Ahaduhuma ma'allah. One of it is with Allah. Well, the first type is with Allah. And this is that you recognize that everything that comes from you, you still have to seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everything that comes from Allah, you must be grateful. It necessitates gratitude to Allah. And the first one, everything that comes from you, you still have to be uh, asking forgiveness. That hopefully, hope Allah will accept this deed from me. فَلَا تَزَلْ شَاكِرًا لَهُ مُعْتَدِرًا إِلَيْهِ سَائِرًا إِلَيْهِ بَيْنَ مُطَالِعَةٍ مِنَّتِهِ وَشُهُودِ عَيْبِ نَفْسِكَ وَأَعْمَالِكَ And so you continue to be shakir to Allah. Seeking forgiveness upon this path. For even if you did good, seeking forgiveness. Why? Because you're hoping that good is accepted. And looking at your own self with deficiency. And looking at the blessings of Allah with perfection that his blessings are great. Naam. And that way the person becomes grateful to Allah with good manners. Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned that in Tahdeeb al-Sunan. You mentioned that in Tahdeeb al-Sunan, volume 7, page 161. So Shaykh Rabbi continues. He says, فَطَلَبَ الْعِلْمِ مِنَ الْمَحْبَرَ إِلَى الْمَقْبَرَ كَمَا يُقَالْ يعني from the cradle to the grave, meaning all your life it should be طَلَبَ الْعِلْمِ Shulla, oh, mashallah, I've reached the level, khalas, no need. No, continue. And continue and continue until you meet your Lord. It may be that extra knowledge you gain, you practice it, you revive the sunnah of the Messenger. Yahya ibn Ma'in, he says, Lama Hadratul Wafah, when he reached his deathbed, and he's an honorable alim, alimun jalil, and vast in knowledge, and from the most knowledgeable of men. With regards the narrators, Yahya ibn Ma'in, the one who said, we didn't understand a hadith until we wrote it from 30 different ways. So one hadith, but 30 different ways, 30 different ways of being narrated from, from different companions and from different, huh? 30 different ways, then we understood the hadith. This is how they used to love the hadith. One hadith, they used to have so much yani, concern to understand that hadith, they would look at different reports and that is Yahya ibn Ma'in. Yahfadu min as-sunnah al-uluf al-mu'allafa. Memorizing much of the sunnah. Qila lahu maada tatamanna. Now he's at the point of death. He said to him, what is it that you desire now? What is it that you wish for now? Qala baytun khalin wa isnaadun aalin. I would like a house that is empty. And an isnad that is high. Subhanallah. Yani doesn't want to be occupied with the, with the dunya. If you ask many people now what they want, at, at the point of death or something, maybe they still have that desire for dunya. Maybe. But here, they not have desire for the dunya. He wants isnad ali. Isnad ali wants a report from one of the uh, highest of narrators. And that's what they used to do. The tabi'een used to look for the sahaba to find the hadith. The tabi tabi'in used to look for the tabi'in. 
And likewise, this is how the ulama used to be in the past. You would love Isnad Ali. And that's why Sunan Ibn Majah was put in front of Muatama Malik of the six books. This, even though Imam Malik rahimullah, was earlier than Ibn Majah. But because, as Sheikh Abbad mentioned, but because in Sunan Ibn Majah there's Isnad Ali. There are a hadith which have changed in narrations that are between uh, that are high yani between Rasulullah and the narrator and Ibn Majah three reporters Thulathi and because of the Thulathiyat those uh, uh, Sunan Ibn Majah was put at the sixth book of hadith and Muatta came after that yani in terms of Tartib and that's why you find Shaykh Abadi taught the six books after that what is he teaching now Muatta Imam Malik so he's continuing to uh, he's not suffice himself with the knowledge he has he wants to continue learning and he's at his deathbed they used to strive to go far away and they were ulama as ulama they used to strive to gain more knowledge he would take from the scholars of his country everything that they have and then go to another country to get some more knowledge and then go to this country to get some more knowledge and we know the what we've reheard from Imam Bukhari and his going to learn knowledge and other and other scholars how they would strive for knowledge they would go from the east of the east to the west of the land to get as much knowledge as they can get from this scholar and that scholar and how many times we hear even Muhammad Wahab rahimullah he was in Medina and he after being in, in Qasim he went to Medina from his scholars in Medina is Alama to Sindhi rahimullah rahimullah jami'an and from that which we read about yani from the amazing things of this Alama to Sindhi rahimullah is one of his classes he used to have before Fajr in Masjid al-Nabawi MashaAllah tabarakallah we heard about yani, lessons after Fajr Lessons after Dhuhr, after Asr, after Maghrib, lessons after Isha. We heard quality. One of the amazing things I read is Alama to Sindhi, Rahimullah, he had a class before Fajr in the Masjid al Nabawi. So look at that, Ya Ikhwan. Ulama teaching. Day is full, it's full of knowledge. And so those who are able to sit with the people of not to go for the highest, they go for the highest. And if you can't reach the height, then you go at least amongst yourselves. You read the books of Ahlul Ilm. And Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabri said, you do that with what? You do that, that you read together as students, or if one is the most knowledgeable amongst you, you read. And then, if any uh, um, doubt comes, take it back to the scholars. Not take it back to the person who is the most knowledgeable amongst you, because maybe he doesn't know. If he's confused, I mean, then take it back to Ahlul Ilm. And then inshallah, that way your connection with the scholars is always there. Those who went astray, many of them, is because they disconnected themselves from Ahlul Ilm. They disconnected themselves from the scholars. And we found many of them went astray. And how many you see that? Time and time again, this one's gone that way, this one's gone that way. And yet maybe they're graduates. Graduates of Jamia Islamiyya or graduates of... Jamiat al-Imam or graduates of Umur Qura, but it's not enough to just graduate. The, the, the university gives you tools. Now you have to continue 
I remember meeting one student in the Jamia in Medina. Subhanallah, it was like he did six years in the Jamia. And I met him, you know, I met him, I was sending some cargo. I went to the cargo place and I saw this brother and I said to him, Salaam alaikum, how are you, brother? How's it? Where are you from? He said, from, from London. Oh, mashallah, tabarakallah, from London, mashallah, what are you doing? He said, I, I just graduated and I can't wait to get, to get out. I said, what? You can't wait to get out? Is that how, how much you value knowledge? You want to just tahallas min al-ilm, khalas, you just want to get rid of it? I said, I ain't seen you around. SubhanAllah, there's durus in the haram, Sheikh Abbad, Sheikh Ali Nasr al-Faqihi, Sheikh Ubaid is teaching outside, also Sheikh Abdullah al-Bukhari, and Sheikh... So many scholars teaching that that period was the golden years. Even that's in our time, golden years. Even before time was the diamond years. Wallah. Sheikh Muhammad al-Banna, rahimahullah, he said, in our time was the... Was the, was, was the years when the Jamia was first opened. But I'm saying to this brother, where have you been all this time? He said, I just suffice myself with the studies in the university. Mashallah, jazakallah khair, but you know, akhi, the ulama sitting in the masjid is khair. And taking knowledge from the alim and finishing a book from cover to cover. The Jamia may teach you one chapter, a few chapters, whatever. But covering a book from cover to cover with the alim in the masjid, mashallah, and the great ulama, the fathers of the ulama there, and you want to suffice yourself with the classroom. So I said to him, subhanallah. And subhanallah, where's that? What happened to that book? Just fizzled out. And many people like that fizzle out. What you put in is what you get out. But first have ikhlas and follow the right steps. Be with the ulama. Sheikh Rabbi Havadah says, humble yourself with being with Ahlul Ilm. And the people of knowledge can and go and travel. No, no, khalas, I don't need it. I'm already, I've reached now a level. What level have you reached, Billah? Except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. What level have you reached? So be hungry for talab al-ilm. Be hungry for learning. And inshallah, this will be, this will aid you. This inshallah, not just yani, being in the dars, but also reading. Following up with reading. There are some students, mashallah, I can mention to you. Whenever I read a mas'ala, I've always heard them know, have read it as well. Yani, I know one of our brothers, for example, Abu Hakim, Havidullah, in Medina, yani, we used to visit Medina from Jeddah, and every time a mas'ala comes up, a new book has, been, has come out in, in the bookshops, and mashallah, tabarakallah, and we've gone through some of it, or always we found him already gone through it. Mashallah, tabarakallah. Reading is important. And Allah will aid you and raise you for, ta- for, your, for, for your striving. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who strive in our cause, we will guide them to, to ways that are more good as well. نَعَمْ لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ We'll guide them to our ways. Ways of what? Ways of ilm and nafi' ways of khair, ways of beneficial actions. Khair upon khair. We found the brother mashallah always, always some mas'ala, na'am. This book's cut, yeah, now I'm, we do a little mudakara shwaya, you know, a little study, little, mashallah, tabarakallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises some over others because of this, because of their striving, sincerity, inshallah, and their uh, loving the ulama and their connection with ahl al-ilm. And you see that connection. But where's the connection with all these misguided groups, with the people of knowledge, or the claimants to knowledge? There's various translators that you find in various masajid of al-bid'ah. They cooperate with everyone and anyone. Is this what the scholars call you too? 
and you find somebody who, who doesn't know what the history of this country, then you you say, oh, look, our shit, this shit came to us and that shit came. But what about those sheikhs who knew you from the 90s? We didn't leave them. We didn't disconnect ourselves from them because don't be arrogant. We'll be truthful. And we'll follow the haq and we'll be connected to al-ilm. We didn't leave them. And there's no limiting. In those days, alhamdulillah, Shaykh Udayyan, rahimahullah, used to teach Kitab al-Tawheed in Maktab al-Salafiyyah. That was a connection from al-Ilm. The first lecture that we had in England, with Shaykh in the West, most probably, with Shaykh Nuhtaymin, rahimahullah, was in Birmingham. We called him. MashaAllah, tabarakallah, we went to Unayza before that, and it was in the 90s. We had a meeting with the Shaykh, and we asked him, hey, Shaykh, we have your number. And he gave us the number. And we were able to call the Shaykh from Birmingham, from Maktab al-Salafiyyah. So where's the disconnection with Ahl-Ilm? There's connection with Ahl-Ilm. That's being with Ahl-Ilm, loving Ahl-Ilm. For they're the ones, if you, look at the, if you look at their works, you see so much khair, so much benefit, so much blessings. Shaykh Abdiz bin Baz, rahimullah, used to be in Masjid, in, uh, in Aziziyah. Every Ramadan he was there. And the Tullah would come to him. The poor would have iftar with him in Ramadan. And in the, in the nights, Shaykh Nuhtaymah, first floor, teaching. Those were the good years. And those were years which really and truly show us the manners of Ahl al-Ilm. They're concerned for ilm, they're concerned for knowledge. And thereafter, the other scholars, the great scholars, until still alive today, Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabri, Shaykh Abbad, and other than them, which we see them concerned for ilm, concerned, and we didn't see arrogance in them. Sheikh Mu'atheymir, one time he was praised in, in Qasim. He was praised with the Qasida. If it wasn't for you, don't say that. Delete it. So the, Say if it wasn't for the Quran, for the Quran, so if it wasn't for Allah. So when he corrected him, the prophet, then he said if it wasn't, and he mentioned him again, don't say that, delete it. Ulama, ya humble. They're not arrogant. We didn't see arrogance in any of Ahl al-Ilm. Give them the haqq, they accept it. And here Shaykh Rabi is encouraging as well. Go and tread, tread the path of knowledge. Naam, qad yadrib tol al-ard. Yadrib tol al-ard. Wa'ardaha fi khilali 13 sana. Maybe 30 years you find this student or alim in the past going for talab al-ilm. 30 years. And he's moving from Medina to Medina. ومن بلد إلى بلد ومن شيخ إلى شيخ يتعلم منهم هؤلاء متواضعون they're humble ones كلما ازداد علما يرى نفسه أنه ازداد جهلا every time he increases in knowledge he sees himself as, more, as, as ignorant or more ignorant كلما تعلم كلمة اكتشف جهله every time he learns a word he, يعني his ignorance becomes known to him because he said I didn't know this word فالجهل بحر he says, فَالْجَهَلْ بَحْرْ وَاسِعْ بالله, Because ignorance is wide and vast ocean. And it's not how you gain all the knowledge. No, you don't know all the knowledge. فَإِذَا نَظَرَ الْإِنسَانِ إِلَى نَفْسِهِ أَنَّهُ يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى الْعِلْمِ يَأْخُذُ مِنَ الصَّغِيرِ So if the person, he knows himself, that he's in need of knowledge, then no doubt he will take from the young. وَيَأْخُذْ مِنَ الْكَبِيرِ And the old. وَيَرْحَلْ مِنْ أَجْلِهِ And he will travel for that. He humbles himself to its people. And he interacts with them with manners and with etiquette and also humility. Into the last of that which is required of knowledge. 
له إلا من أراد الله به خيرا إلا من أراد الله به خيرا and this person will not be enlightened except the one Allah has wanted good for him as the messenger sallallahu said man yuridi lahu bi khairan yufaqihu fi din whoever Allah wants good for he gives him understanding of the religion wa min al-fiqh fi din annaka la ta'ala and from the understand the religion is you don't become arrogant to astakbir or think that you are higher than somebody fa idha astakbara fa huwa jahil if he becomes arrogant in reality he's ignorant this becomes this arrogance becomes obstacle an obstacle between him and him gaining knowledge number five from that which is an obstacle is sharaf wanted to be leader wanted to be famous wanted to be known that you are a leader you are uh, wanting honor wanting just to be amongst the people meaning there's no sincere learn learn before you grow before you become old because if you don't learn before you become old when you become old you haven't learned then in most cases the arrogant one will feel shy in learning and will not go towards learning because he doesn't want to come down from his level. He thinks, خلاص, the people see me and they see me. وصل إلى مرتبة السيادة يصعب عليه حينئذ أن ينزل فيجلس في حلقات العلم مع الضعفاء والمساكين وهو قد نال مرتبة, مرتبة كبيرة. Some people are like that. That خلاص, I've reached a level. I've graduated or I've had such and such and such. Now I don't need to sit in, 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 in circles, in lessons of knowledge. Because he thinks that he has reached a level. فَيَأْتِي الشَّيْطَانِ يُخَيِّلْ لَهُ يُزَيِّنْ لَهُ أَنْتَ رَجُلْ شَرِيفٍ So shaitan comes to him. Shaitan doesn't leave anyone. Everyone is sought by shaitan. The alim and the muta'allim. The talib al-ilm and the ammi. Everyone shaitan wants to lead astray. لِيَكُونُ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ That they may be from the companions or the people of the hellfire. So shaitan makes him... يعني imagine that oh yeah أنت رجل شريف you are a real honorable man so here he starts now puffing you up صلى الله سلامة ولك منزلة and you have status you have position كيف تطلب العلم how can you study under so and so وهو فرع من فروع الكبر and it is a branch from the branches of arrogance والعياذ بالله Number six, من معوقات عن طلب العلم كثرة الفتن From the obstacles in the path of knowledge is much fitan Trials and tribulations And the messenger sallallahu mentioned that in a hadith يتقارب الزمان يتقارب الزمان Look how this has come now That the zaman, the, 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 the time will become Shortened before you, they, even Sheikh Muhammad al Banna used to say, We used to get from Jeddah to Makkah, we used to get there in a day. In a day, we used to spend the night in halfway Bahra, place called Bahra, and then we would take the rest of the journey the next day. Subhanallah, 
And now it's 45, 45 minutes, hour at most, you're in Mecca from Jeddah. zaman. Look how the zaman has become so close. And now with the airplane, with the fast trains, how the... But also the people become preoccupied much more than before. This instant messaging. You have to, before, we look forward to a letter. A letter that will come by envelope, by plane, or by ship. And you come after two weeks, uh, and you read it. And mashallah, bismillah, rahman, rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu, ila sayyid al fula. You know what I'm saying? You look forward to as nice duas, Allahumma. Now it's just, uh, hi, or how, what happened, who, what? And it's just short message, wassalamu alaikum. You didn't get any benefit there. It's just quick, no duas, no. It's very instant messaging, and you too occupied. Occupied with the phone. Occupied, how about Talab al-Ilm? How much Talab al-Ilm do we have? In terms of learning the Quran and its tafsir, in terms of learning the hadith, in terms of reading the books of the ulama. One brother he asked uh, Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabri, Shaykh Ubaid, you see, last year, six books came out of Shaykh Ubaid. About six books. And not, we're not talking about small little pamphlets. We're talking about mujalladat. You know mujallad? This is mujallad. Thick mujallad. Yeah, a thick volume. This is mujallad, volume. And one of the six books is actually three volumes. The Muqtasar of Sahih Muslim, the all of Sahih Muslim, the summarized version that Ibn Mundri did, he explained all of it. From the cover to cover. Subhanallah. Another thick volume just on Hajj. Another thick volume going over the explanation of Ibn Qudam as Lum'atitiqad that Shaykh Nuthaymin did. Another volume. Aslus Sunnah. Ah, another volume of the two great Imams, Imam Abu Hatim al Razi and Abu Zura. Another volume. You're thinking, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. One brother asked him, Shaykh, what do you do? What is. And he, the brother told me this. He said, I can't, how, Shaykh, I can't keep up. He, we, re, we just finished this book and he's brought out number two. We want to catch up. Like, the time is short. But the ulama, the time is blessed. In the morning, he says, and we saw this by ourselves, our own eyes. In the morning, after Fajr, after he prays in the masjid, you go home and you spend the next three hours in Talab al-Ilm. From Fajr, next three hours or four hours in Talab al-Ilm. Then we take his Qaylula before Dhuhr. He will take his Qaylula and then his, then his, then he pray Dhuhr and maybe read the Risala also. And in, that was his, and in the evening was his teaching. And I asked him, how many lessons do you have a week? And I counted it, one, two, three, about 13, 14 lessons a week that he was teaching. Some in Masjid al-Nabawi, over the phone to the ladies section. And some he used to teach in the Masjid, he was doing five lessons a week. And then there was Qira'a sessions, and then the open session on Thursday after, after Asr. Yani, subhanallah. Yani, the busy, Allah blessed them with ilm. With not just ilm, but also their time. So may Allah bless our time. And not occupy us away from talab al-ilm. May Allah. Especially in times of fitted, where? Yitaqarabu zaman Where the zaman, the time becomes so... Sh- not only... Things will be closer to do, but also the time is short. In reality, subhanAllah, a day of 24 hours is not enough. A day goes so quickly. Before you know it, the time is over. Back in the days, 
two lessons a day would be alhamdulillah to do one lesson a day was seen as like oh that's miskeen man only you only took one you only got one dance a day that's miskeen you know but now it's like if, if you, when you go into the west and you see subhanallah people are very occupied very occupied away from talab al-ilm and maybe you hear people having just one lesson a week one lesson a month so your heart well how's the state of, your heart would die akhi, if you don't have something on a regular basis regular reminders how are you going to continue things need to be done continuously even if it's a good word that you hear from your brother even if it's an explanation one hadith explained a day one ayah explained tafsir a day and you're going over like that allahu akbar wallahi what what can a day pass a day passing by without a benefit that is a sad day that is a very sad day and some of the sahaba said even not looking at quran in a day not even looking at quran this is very sad very distressful and very uh, miserable miserable day so the time yes has become shortened and he said yuqbadul ilm this is from the signs of the hour is the knowledge will be taken away and it's taken away as Shaykh Rabbi explains here it will be taken away by with the death of the scholars so the person must strive to be with Ahlul Ilm and to take from them yuqbadul ilm وتظهرul fawahish evil, lewd things become more and more uh, widespread and you see that even around us you see that people don't know who they are they, call it, they say they have over a hundred genders a hundred genders and this one going with that one and this one going with that one this one going it's like what are you confusing the people for and you five six year olds you're confusing them with this stuff hundred genders that's Allah salama and not only that fahisha becomes widespread evil deeds become widespread you see this one that one diseases will come about like your fathers have never seen before and this is so true and you see that disease becomes widespread because of this fawahish because of these uh, lewd illicit evil acts that people uh, do huh? this is one of the signs of the hour and it's, you can see it all around you the messengers has spoke the truth and likewise, people become more miserly, naam. and likewise, killing will become widespread. And Shaykh Rabbi Habibullah says, look around you, you see how people being killed everywhere, and, 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 and with so many wars, and subhanAllah, and this is true, what we see around us, much killing, a person kills, doesn't know why he killed. And you see, and this is happening even here, you see youth, gangs, killing each other over what? Over dunya. Then Shaykh Rabbi Havudullah says, Even the kings in, back in the, in the times of the best times, even the kings used to see these scholars and you say, SubhanAllah, they have, they have something which they're holding on to which is precious. Even they recognize that. And they have like this kind of jealousy like, SubhanAllah, look at their happiness and they have... Subhanallah. And also the intelligent ones used to go to seeking hadith. Hadith Rasul. Knowledge of narrators, of men. They're competing with each other, racing in order to gain this knowledge. And from them came the thousands and thousands 
of the greatest of the ulama. Naam. Because of their striving in that which is khair. And just one example, Sufyan al-Thawr, rahmallah. Sufyan al-Thawr, rahmallah, he died 161 Hijriya. He memorized a thousand thousand hadith. That's a million hadith. He was called Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith. Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith. He was known. But look what his majlis was about. They used to say that his majlis was always about the akhirah. Was always reminding people about the hereafter. Because that's what knowledge did to him. And knowledge humbled him. ثُمَّ فَتَرَتْ Then the people became lax with regards knowledge. And then they and then innovation became, became widespread and more obstacles came one after the other away, push, pulling the people away from Talab al-ilm and from that is what we have mentioned here al-fitan trials and tribulations people get occupied in times of fitan you should go to ahl al-ilm the people of knowledge the elders they will know why this has happened before it even comes they recognize it coming the people of knowledge so the person may not even find a scholar in his own locality because of the much corruption and ignorance that became widespread scholars came before but no one was there to push his knowledge forward the students were not there to carry his ilm why because of fitan and fitan blinds a person makes a person blinded that he can't see the haq from the batil. In these times of fitan, the scholars themselves, they say to us, look at the usul. Go back to the usul. Don't have to be يعني, uh, looking at something which is so complex. Just go back to basics. That's sufficient. Go back to basics. With the people of knowledge, you will see that they have gone back to the usul. The usul says, what the usul say? That's what we have. If there's something, tell me. You know what how beautiful, simple da'wah of going back to basic, going back to the foundations. In times of tribulations, yes. And the ulama, alhamdulillah, they clarified these tribulations. And they clarified them and they clarified the way out. So it's not just important to know the fitan, but know how to get out of the fitan. And the sahaba, they asked. The Prophet said, a time will come when fitan become widespread. And Mu'ad said, did you hear what the messenger said? Did you hear what he said? There's going to be fitan. And it will be... So then... It seemed like the Sahaba at that time, he was trying to get their attention. Then he said, what is the way out of it? What is the way out of it, O Messenger of Allah? He said, عليكم بالأمر الأول Upon you is to, original is to hold on to the original state of affairs. Not like recently, this individual, Yaz al-Qadi, he says, oh yeah, they had uh, Salaf, yes, they had their uh, the, uh, outlook, and we have outlook. They had this and we have this. Like they, the Ikhwanis, they say, they were men and we are men. No, yes, they were men, but you are not men. Because you didn't follow the best of the men. Allah called them men in the Quran. He said, Rijalun. La turihim tijaratun wala bay'un an dhikrillah. They were men. Allah called them men. They were not occupied with business. La turihim tijaratun wala bay'un. No buying and selling over 
the remembrance of Allah. They were men, the Sahaba. But you're going against the men. You're going against them, and so how could you be from the men? You're not from the men. The men are those who adhere to what the men were upon. Alaykum bil amr al awwal. Another narration, the Prophet said, Alaykum bil atiq. With the original state of affairs, yani the ancient affairs, yani the original state, the things which happened, yani the Sahaba, what they were upon from the beginning. And Imam Malik rahimullah, said that. He said, لا يصلح آخر هذه الأمة إلا ما أصلح أولها That the last part of this Ummah will not be rectified except that which rectified the first part. What was it that rectified the first part? Going back to what the Sahaba were upon. فَلَا تَفْرَقِ He said, هَذِهِ مِنَ الْفَسَادِ This is from the Fasad. Fitan. The people can't recognize the truth anymore. Because of ignorance and misguidance, he says, became widespread. Even those in times of fitan, he says, you find somebody who claims to be a alim, but is not a alim. I had a alim, and he's walking around in that, in, in 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 his particular appearance. He shaves his beard, and not on the aqid of Ahlul Sunnah, nor is he upon the 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 etiquette of the alim. And all of a sudden, he's a alim. I had a alim. This is the one who's going to, يعني, who's good for carrying the message of the prophets and messengers. So this is available now. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And the last one that he mentioned, I mean this particular one that he mentioned, which is the sixth one is Fitan been an obstacle is one of the biggest obstacles actually because fitan when it comes people you find going left right left right yani many people become confused in terms of fitan but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave us in the dark Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he left us upon a clear way or he showed us that clear way this is my straight path, so follow it and do not follow other paths that will lead you away from his path. That is what he has advised you with, that you may be pious. So being upon this Sirat al-Mustaqim. And that the Messenger وسلم, said there will always be a group. There will always be a group upholding the truth. They will not be harmed by those who abandoned them. Nor by those who opposed them. Until the command of Allah comes. And they are upon that. So the path has already been made clear. Bid'ah has already been warned against. So we know there's no bid'ah hasana. There's no such thing as a good bid'ah. Abdullah ibn Umar said, Every bid'ah is innovation. Even if the people see it as good. So there's no khair except that the Prophet came with. As he وسلم, said in hadith that there isn't any khair except there isn't any, any good that will enter you to paradise except that I told you about it. And there isn't any evil that will keep you away from the hellfire except that I warned you from it. 
And in the narration of Abu Dharr radiallahu anhu, he said, Tarakna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi That indeed the Messenger وسلم, left us upon a way that even the bird flapping its wings in the sky he told us about. Meaning he never left anything out. He clarified everything of the deen that is required for us. So what is upon us is to learn that and to be with the people of knowledge. And if the people of knowledge differ, and Allah subhanahu wa mentioned that, that And if you differ upon an affair, then take it back to Allah and His Messenger. That is better and best for final determination, any final understanding of the affair, taking it back to the roots, and taking it back to the people of knowledge, who are the Ul Amr as well. If they were to take it back to the Messenger and those in authority over them, and from that is the ulama, then they would be able to derive the benefits in that regard. So taking things back to Ahl al-Ilm in times of fitan, the, the, the scholars in times of fitan, there's going to be lots of confusion. Sanawat khadda'at, the Prophet said. Years will come of deception, deceptive years. Deceptive years where people will sell you something when it's not the truth. Yani, they will bring you imaginary lies, they will de deceptive, they will try to deceive you. That's why we must be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He didn't leave us, leave us in the dark. He showed us who the ulama are. <coughs> without doubt, the scholars of Ahl Sunnah in this time, without doubt, they clarified to us the way out of all of these fitan. And what is the way out? Adherence to the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger وسلم, and the understanding of the companions going back to the original state of affairs and that will be khair upon khair for that individual. The two types of ways that shaitan comes to the person is doubts and desires. Doubts and desires. Shubuhat was shahwat. And the way to salvation in, of these two is Allah, as, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, where He mentioned the people of knowledge, how, they ca how Allah raised them. And we have made them Imams guided to our path, to our way. When they were patient and with regards our verses, they were certain. They were certain of the truth. With the increase of knowledge, they were certain of the truth. And that was sufficient for them against the doubts. And they were patient away from following their desires. So with these two, ilm al-nafi' with amal al-salih, Allah will raise the deen in that place, in that locality. Beneficial knowledge and righteous actions. And the proof again is the verse, the other verse, هُوَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَىٰ وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ لِيُذْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ He is the one who has sent the messengers with guidance, meaning knowledge, beneficial knowledge. وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ The religion of truth means righteous actions, as Sheikh Salih Fawzan mentioned. 
that it may prevail over all religions always there's nothing gonna go and stop it and nothing will stop it nothing will stop this blessed path every year you see alhamdulillah khair upon khair the da'wah to tawheed with sunnah there's no stopping it so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us upon it until we die living this life with la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah with that with sincerity and beneficial knowledge and righteous actions then we will save ourselves from the fitan from the trials and tribulations of the dunya as we mentioned the trials either out doubts or desires desires patience being patience away from what Allah has made forbidden being patience upon obedience to Allah and being patient with regards to the qadr what Allah decrees upon you and me so these are three types of patience and the other one is doubts with knowledge a person is able inshallah to overcome many of these doubts goes back to basics back to the usul the usul of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah the usul that the scholars have already mentioned that are derived from the book of allah and the sunnah of the messenger going back to the quran you see the meaning of la ilaha illallah la ma'buda bi haqqin illallah it's derived from the quran the meaning and from the seer of rasulullah so when you see a people not having that you know they're not for guidance back in the 90s i give you a simple example back in the 90s there were many groups just as there are many groups now probably even more groups back in the 90s how we used to defeat the groups in the 90s you go to various towns like Slough for example uh, it was predominantly takfir hizb tahrir and all the names that they give the alias names that they give themselves and we were two or three brothers this is about 19 years ago look at the father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so what was the questions we used to ask the community one question was, MashaAllah, you want to establish Islamic State? What is the meaning of La ilaha illallah? Uh, no God but God. No God but Allah. That's not the meaning of La ilaha illallah. You want to establish Islamic State? Where is Allah? Uh, no, no answer. You see, they don't have aqidah. You haven't established the usul of Ahl Sunnah and you want the fruits. And we used to defeat them with those questions. Uh, now people, nowadays, people have grown up a bit. We heard some Diobandi here or some Sufi person here in the northern part of this uh, of, of England, this country. We heard him saying, Where is Allah? Did, did, is that, did anyone ask that? Did anyone ask that? Did the Prophet ask it? And even that one who comes in, uh, that YouTube Sheikh, so called YouTube Sheikh, I forgot his name, Nohamid, Noish? That one. What's his name? That one, yes. He, he says, did the Prophet ask that? And I heard one also, Sufi, Diobandi, did the Prophet? We say to them, Alhamdulillah, we have Sahih Muslim. And we have the hadith of Muawiyah ibn Hakim al-Sulami. And we say to you the hadith, yes, he did. Simple, go back to basics. Go back to learning the Quran and Sunnah. Go back to the Quran, you see. The true meaning of La ilaha illallah. And go back to the sunnah of the Messenger, you see the Prophet asked this question. 
and he said when she answered correctly he said free her as she is a believer so from belief is to believe that Allah is above the creation and that is what that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has that Allah is not part of his creation and he has perfect names beautiful names and lofty attributes and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heavens in the last third part of the night and we believe that because the Prophet said that how we don't know but we know the Prophet mentioned it a group of Mu'tazila they did the same back in a thousand years ago thousand two hundred years they did the same I should say these ones are just blind followers of those in the past it was said to Shariq the Qadi oh Shariq there are people who deny that the believers will see Allah again they're using their aql their so-called aql so-called sane intellect but it's not sane it's insane because sane intellect is in line with the Quran and Sunnah and so they denied that Allah will be seen in the Qiyamah by the believers even though Allah mentioned the Quran and the Prophet mentioned it on that day faces will be illuminated bright looking towards their Lord and Allah mentions enter paradise with security this will be forever for you they will have whatever they desire in it of good and we will give them that extra Ibn Abbas said that mazid is seeing Allah so it is mentioned in the Quran and these Mu'tazila deny it and likewise the Mu'tazila of that time not only did this deny Allah, they deny that Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third part tonight. They rejected that hadith. And all of these misguided groups, likewise, you find them following their desires. And you find them rejecting narrations. Did the pro yes, he did. Why are, you, why are you asking, did he? And, he? and you didn't study, you didn't research it. Yes, he did ask it. And he said, and it's a point of belief. And so in the 90s, many of them used to now go and see if Hizb al-Tahrir in, in the Medinit Slough, many of them defeated and many and some of them who came back became Salafi, alhamdulillah, and those who continued being upon their desires, they ended up being Sufis. From one bid'ah to another bid'ah. That's the reality. They're no, no, no longer. And we brought out some tapes from Shaykh al-Bani, rahimullah. Tapes they are called Afraq al Mu'tazila, the chicks of the Mu'tazila. You see, because the Mu'tazila, the real Mu'tazila, was 1200 years ago, over a thousand years ago. They're the, they're the real Mu'tazila. Yes, these are the chicks. The Mu'tazila then would be ashamed that these are their followers because of their ignorance and their jihad. The he's got a tape called Chicks, the chicks of the Mu'tazila. They come to the Sheikh to debate with him, to argue with him. And one by one, he defeats them. One by one. He says to them, let us first agree to a foundation. Quran, Sunnah, and the same Sahaba. The person has written a piece of paper of conditions of the Majlis. He says, read the paper. 
Sheikh Al-Bani says the paper is not wahi, it's not revelation. First of all, do you agree that we go back to the Quran, Sunnah, and some Sahaba? The man says, Iqra al-Waraqah, read the paper. And Sheikh Rabbi says, Khalas, have your tea and go home, innit? If you're not going to stick to the foundations, we don't need to discuss. And that's how you discuss with the people when they come. If they don't stick to the foundation, why should I be bother my, waste my energy, waste my life, my time, my work? For what? You don't want to, you don't want to go back to the asl. So we have no discussion then. And he moves forward. Then he goes shouting. He says, what is this? Shouting, Abu Sayyah. Why are you shouting? He goes. Then the next one is in the majlis. The next one's in the majlis. Then he starts. And he wants to argue with the sheikh. And he says, everything must go back to the aql. Sheikh Rabbi says, what, your aql? Sheikh Albani says, your aql or my aql? You said everything must go back to the intellect. Whose intellect? Yours or mine? Now he's got him now because now there's so, so many people got, everyone got their own aql, isn't it? Everyone's got their different intellect. So that is varied and vast. But the foundation that we go back to that will unite us is the Quran and Sunnah and some Sahaba. Simple. Simple dawah. Simple questioning. Q&A. Seeing Jim. Seeing Jim. Seeing Jim. And that's how the dawah was spreading. Alhamdulillah. And Alhamdulillah, those tapes we translated, they're available on Markaz Mu'ad website. Those tapes, it's about three or four tapes. We played the tape of Sheikh Al-Bani, so you hear the voice of the Sheikh, and then you have the translation. Play the tape, and then you have the translation. And those who are sincere, Alhamdulillah, they listen to the Sheikh, and they follow the Haqq. And with the Sufis, because we have Sufis, Ash'aris as well, and Tablighis, there's a tape with Sheikh Al-Bani, Alhamdulillah, with the Tablighis. The person... It just happened that his name is Aql. His tablir, his name is Aql. So Sheikh Al-Bani said, use your Aql or Aql. Use your intellect or Aql. And, and he said to him, okay, where's the da'wah? You say 40 days and four months. And where, where is that? And what are you going to teach the people? Fadail al-amal? Or the foundation of this deen? Isn't it the foundations that the Anbiya came with? The prophets and messengers came with teaching the people the foundations. And so he established the haq with them. He established the haq with the individual and he didn't have proof upon what he is upon. And likewise with the Sufis, the Ash'ari Sufis who came to Shaykh Al-Bani, again that question that came up, where is Allah? They said, we don't want to discuss this. Where is the hadith? He said, well, you came to my house, so I'm saying this is what we're going to discuss. Otherwise, no majlis. This is the hadith we're going to discuss. They said, oh, it's not a point of belief to know where is Allah. He says, not a point of belief to knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not a point of belief. Knowing Allah's beautiful names and attributes is not a point of belief. This is from the, from the three categories of Tawheed. is Tawheed al-Asma wa Sifat. How is this not a point of belief? This, is, this hadith affirms the belief of Tawheed al-Asma wa Sifat. It affirms the belief Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not like his creation. Not comparable to his creation, not resembling his creation. Laysa kamithlihi shay, wa huwa sami'un basir. And in Surah Al-Ikhlas, walam yakullahu kufuan ahad. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who follow this blessed path, Tawheed was Sunnah. For indeed, this blessed path, na'am, foundations are known. And those who stray away from it, they stray upon misguidance and they go astray and lead others astray. Alhamdulillah, and we'll finish tomorrow, inshallah. I think it's 2 o'clock, we finish tomorrow for the next 3 of the 10 obstacles of the student of knowledge or the path of this knowledge.